Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is entitled Healing Part 5. What can we do to see more healings? Those who believe that Christ paid the price for our physical healing when he was beaten by Roman soldiers are faced with a challenging question. If the Holy Spirit is still distributing spiritual gifts, as the Bible indicates in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, why do we not see more healings today? As was covered in the previous article, cessationists solved this problem by denying that God still, still heals. Since that is not an option for us, we must consider other possibilities. This article is dedicated to help us overcome obstacles to healing. Number one, overcoming ignorance. One big reason people do not receive more from God is because they do not even know what God has given to us. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to open our understanding through revelation. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given to us. That's the New Living Translation. If we are to overcome the obstacle of ignorance, we must apply ourselves to studying and meditating on what the Bible teaches on this subject. Being apathetic toward God's marvelous provision for us is sinful. The Bible teaches us that it is God's will to heal. It is his very nature, as is revealed in Exodus 15:26. Jesus confirmed this truth through his actions and words. When the leper asked Jesus to heal him, if he were willing, our Lord responded, I am willing. Luke 5, 12, and 13. The woman with internal bleeding was healed by Jesus's, by touching Jesus' garment without his even consciously willing it. When our faith connects with God's provision, healing flows. Jesus already paid for our healing on the cross. Why should we not expect him to give us what he paid for? Number two, defeat unbelief. The Gospel of Matthew reveals that unbelief is a hindrance to our receiving anything from God. Matthew 13, 57 and 58 says, And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in Jesus. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. New Living Translation. Jesus often said, Be it done unto you according to your faith. In Nazareth, the people limited their ability to receive from Jesus because of their unbelief. Unbelief and pride show that our hearts are hard, which shuts down our ability to understand Believe and receive. Mark 6, 52. Conversely, 
repentance and humility open our hearts to God and produce fertile soil for faith. Jesus taught that all things are possible to the person who believes, Mark 9, 23. Overcoming unbelief requires us to confront our doubt regarding God's promises. Mark 11, 23 and 24 say that if we doubt not in our hearts, we will receive what we ask. James, the Lord's brother and the leader in the church in Jerusalem, wrote that a double-minded man who wavers between faith and unbelief or doubt will not receive anything from God. James 1, 6 through 8. One way to overcome unbelief is to act as if we believe. I am not suggesting that we become hypocrites, but obedience to God is more about what we do than anything else. Sometimes we must act the part before our feelings catch up. John 7, 17. I remember once the Lord spoke to my heart when I was feeling down about something. He told me, why don't you just act as if everything is going to be all right? Instantly, my attitude completely flipped because I thought, of course, because it is going to be all right. We must act as if we have faith in order to help our thinking change and line up with God's word. Actions speak louder than words many times. Faith is as faith does. The same principle applies to worship. At times we do not feel like worshiping, but if we choose to do so anyway, our feelings will often follow the lead of our actions. We also know from scripture that the Lord sometimes overrules our unbelief as we haltingly approach him for help, as he did in the case of the desperate father who pleaded with Jesus to heal his son. That story is found in Mark 9, 22 and 24, when he cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. We must remember that when we come to God for help, we're engaging a person who deeply loves us, not a heavenly slot machine that requires a special coin of the realm to get results. God is not looking for magic formulas, incantations, or confessions to wring a healing out of him. The Lord responds to those who come to him as spiritual paupers, expecting him to hear their cry for help. Matthew 5, 3. When we get our eyes off ourselves and onto him, real faith automatically engages with an honesty that is refreshing. The man who pleaded with Jesus in Mark chapter 9 had true faith, or else he would not have persisted in his pursuit of Jesus. Abraham's wife Sarah conceived a miracle son in her old age after laughing in unbelief when God first announced his plan. When the Lord confronted her about it, she added to her unbelief by lying about it and saying she did not laugh. Nevertheless, her fear and unbelief did not block God's plan for her and ultimately the entire world. Neither did Gideon's initial timidity block God from using him to miraculously deliver Israel.
Other examples can be given of how God was at work, was able to work in and through people who were very much works in progress regarding faith. The good news is that when God chooses to heal someone, he is not ultimately limited by our faith level, even though faith is, is, is extremely important in the process. Next, be courageous. Lack of courage is a big reason we do not see more healings today. Many of us are more concerned about looking good in front of people than we are about God's glory. We are afraid to pray for healings because what if nothing happens? Won't I look foolish? That is a risk we must take if we're going to be effective representatives of God's kingdom. It is a good thing to climb out on a limb of faith, so to speak, where unless God comes through, we will look foolish. When we put ourselves into a position of publicly believing for God to heal someone, we risk looking bad in front of people. We also risk seeing a miracle. I have never experienced a person being angry with me for praying for their healing, even when healing did not appear to take place. Almost always, they show gratitude that someone cared enough to pray for them. I've also witnessed amazing healings occur when I publicly prayed for someone to be healed. If we care too much about our reputation, we will not be effective for God. Ironically, those who risk losing their reputations for God's glory may gain respect in the process. As Jesus said, if we cling to our life, we'll lose it. But if we give up our life for Jesus, we will find it. Matthew 10, 39. God honors faith. He will back up the confidence we have in him. Once we are sure it is God's will to heal people, nothing should hold us back from aggressively praying for them. Next, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Listening to the voice and promptings of the Holy Spirit is a big key to seeing God do more healings through his people. This is a cultivated skill that only develops by our obeying what he tells us. Hearing God speak to us in our hearts can be quite scary, especially when he tells us to do something well outside of our comfort zones. The Holy Spirit is God's administrator here on earth. He is a liberator and healer of people and is looking for those who will let him operate through them. Isaiah 61.1, Luke 4.18, and Acts 10.38. Jesus taught that his sheep, those of us who are born again, have the ability to hear his voice. It takes faith to step out in obedience to the Spirit's promptings. This can be developed by those who are willing to take the risk. It all boils down to having courage and being willing to fail occasionally in order to succeed in the long run. If you are not yet very accomplished at following the Spirit's promptings, 
ask someone who is to help you develop this skill. This is called being a disciple. Let us not forget that healing people is God's idea, not ours. He is far more interested in setting people free than we are. We need to get in step with him. Listening to God's voice connects us to what some people call the rhema word of God. The logos word might be considered to be the eternal promises of God as written in the Bible. The rhema word of God is when the Spirit speaks directly to our hearts. Of course, the two must agree, but the rhema word is more specific to our need. We always have the Logos word of Scripture to rely on. When the Spirit speaks directly to us, it ignites faith at a whole new level that God intends to do what he says. Next, embrace the mystery that not everyone gets healed. Books have been written on possible reasons for not receiving healing. The premise being that if we remove every hindrance, healing will be sure to follow in every case. But is this correct? The Bible teaches us that there is a time to be born and a time to die. Ecclesiastes 3, 2. Elijah the prophet, a man through whom God worked miracles, eventually got sick and died. 2 Kings 13, 14. My own father was a man of faith who believed God for healing, but eventually he got sick and died at the age of 93. Our pre-resurrection bodies will not live forever. Paul, a man through whom the Spirit did many miracles and healings and who wrote some of the most important Bible verses about faith, once left behind a friend who was sick. 2 Timothy 4.20 Jesus did not heal every sick person he met either. Of all those sick and crippled people gathered at the pool of Bethesda, he singled out one man to heal. John 5, verses 2 through 9. It is true, however, that Jesus healed everyone who asked him. James 4.2 It is important for us to realize that there is a certain mystery surrounding healing and all other operations of the Spirit who distributes spiritual gifts according to his will, not ours. The scripture provides us with what some call the revealed will of God. Others call this Logos truth. That is, what we can count on as being doctrinally true. But there is also what some call the Rhema word or will of God, which is his specific revealed or spoken will for us in a given situation. God has given us his Logos truth in the Bible, which is always true. We are to make our stand upon his eternal word. How and when God fulfills the promises of his word are up to him. Some might call this his secret will. Deuteronomy 29.29 To put this in plain English, while it is true that Jesus' sufferings purchased our healing, God reserves to himself how he distributes that benefit in specific situations. 
Our reference point is the revealed will of God found in the Bible. Through his, through his stripes or wounds, we are healed. When we find ourselves confronted by the need for a miraculous healing, we should stand upon his written promises and also ask the Holy Spirit for insight into his specific will for that particular situation. Let me give a practical example. Usually when I pray for a very old person who seemingly has a terminal illness, I ask for healing according to the revealed will of God in the Bible. However, I am also aware that all of us have been assigned a God-given time to die. Therefore, I listen to the voice of the Spirit in my heart for specific directions as how to pray. I once had a dear friend who was dying of cancer when I saw the Lord regarding her situation. I believe I clearly heard the Lord say that she was going to die, that her long period of suffering was coming to an end. This was a person whom God had previously healed miraculously at least twice. It was someone for whom I had joined my faith with hers and her husband's for one of those big miracles. It was not as if we were lacking faith, but this time was different. As her pastor, my ministry toward her changed after hearing from God that this was her time to go be with him. Instead of holding out a false hope of experiencing physical healing once again, I did my best to prepare her to die well in faith as an example to those of us who observed how she handled things. I'm happy to say that she did die in faith just as she had previously lived and had been healed by faith. Faith's goal is to bring glory to God, not just to get what we want. There's a profound mystery to healing. Some receive a miracle, others do not. And we should not automatically assign the latter. We should not automatically assign the latter in every case to unbelief. In other words, Let's don't automatically assume that it's unbelief's fault. Doing so places an intolerable burden on our shoulders to earn our own healing by exercising the required level of faith. God's often unknowable reasons and purposes are not ours to command. There is a dynamic tension between surrender to God's mysterious will and holding on to God's revealed promises with unbreakable trust. Perhaps the greatest biblical example of this attitude in action is found in the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three brave worshipers of the true God in Daniel's day were faced with the choice of bowing down before Nebuchadnezzar's idol or being thrown into a roaring furnace. Here is their famous reply to the king. It's found in Daniel 3, 17 and 18. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never 
serve your gods, or worship the gold statue you have set up. These men demonstrated great faith through their loyalty to God. Faithfulness or loyalty to God is what trust in God produces. The way we can apply this to our own lives with regard to healing is by coming to God with such a prayer as this. God, I thank you that Jesus paid the price for my healing. I am absolutely convinced that it is your will to heal me and that you have the power to set me free from this illness. However, I also realize that sometimes you have a secret purposes of which I am unaware. I surrender myself to your loving care and will. I ask you to glorify yourself through me in this situation, either by healing me or giving me the faith and courage to joyfully endure. I am yours to command. I trust you completely. The author of Hebrews talks about faith that continues to resolutely trust God regardless of whether it gets its desire. Hebrews 11:13 reads, All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it, and they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. I have discovered that when we entrust ourselves to God's loving will, we put ourselves in the best possible position to receive a miracle. God is not stingy. He is not weak. He is not wishy-washy about fulfilling his promises. Rather, he paid a tremendous price to procure our healing and is predisposed to bless us beyond our wildest dreams. He delights in those who fully trust in him. When we surrender ourselves to God, our ability to hear what the Holy Spirit whispers in our ears is greatly enhanced. When we discern his rhema will in a given situation, we have strong confidence. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. I remember years ago when I was facing surgery for cancer, I did exactly what I laid out above. I told the Lord that whether I lived or died, I belonged to him, Philippians 1, 20 through 23. I asked him to glorify himself through me. After praying that, I clearly heard God speak to me as I read the Bible that he was going to heal me. I had no difficulty believing without doubt that this was his revealed will from then on, and that is exactly what happened. At the time of this writing, I've been cancer-free for 15 years. Thank you, Lord. When the rhema spoken word matches the logos written word, our faith will be unbreakable. Faith is open to hear whatever God may speak to us because we're not afraid of him or what he may tell us. Conclusion. We can experience physical healing in a greater way when we overcome ignorance, unbelief, and timidity. The more we listen to the spirit and surrender to God's glorious purposes in our lives, the greater will be our confidence in his power to heal. All that remains for us to do is put what we believe into practice. Jesus said to her in John 11:40, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? That's the English Standard Version. God bless.